This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, OPM sets some limits for agencies looking to dish out premium pay for those helping with coronavirus response. GSA may need to make sure it's locking former employees out of its systems. And the Pentagon gets kudos from its inspector general on its IT spending. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The pay premium flexibilities agencies got at the start of the pandemic last year are in effect through 2021. Congress extended a waiver on the usual premium pay caps in the last omnibus. It means agencies can disregard the usual limits on premium pay for any employee whose services are needed to help the government respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. The Office of Personnel Management says there is still one limit, though. An employee's basic and premium pay cannot exceed $199. $99,300 for the year. The Federal Labor Relations Authority is reestablishing its Alternative Dispute Resolution Office. The office helps the federal sector community resolve unfair labor practice cases and other appeals before the FLRA. It will offer training to help agencies and unions prevent conflicts that could otherwise turn into litigation before the authority. Newly appointed FLRA Chairman Ernest Dubester says the program usually helps agencies resolve cases more quickly and with fewer resources. Employees at one federal agency have drastically different views of telework today. More on that from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Over half of employees at the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission say they have a new outlook on telework today than they did before the pandemic. An overwhelming majority of those employees say their views on remote work changed for the better. The data comes from a survey of the workforce from the agency's inspector general. A majority of supervisors say their employees are as or more productive today than they were before the pandemic pandemic. Nicole Lagrisco, Federal News Network. The General Services Administration takes the next step in its efforts to modernize federal rulemaking. More from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. GSA launches a new version of Regulations.gov with the goal of making it easier to find new rules proposals and lodge comments about them. Associate Administrator Crystal Brumfield says the new site has a better search function than the old one and that it improves the integrity of commenting by using CAPTCHA to filter out bot-generated comments. What GSA calls authorized entities will still be able to submit comments in bulk, and the identities of automated commenters will now be discoverable. I'm Tom Temin. The Insider Threat Program at the General Services Administration is falling short of mandated requirements despite receiving full operational status from the National Insider Threat Task Force in 2017. GSA's Inspector General found the Insider Threat Program does not effectively monitor risks from separated and terminated employees. Auditors say GSA does not consistently deactivate their IT accounts and recover and destroy their identity cards within required timeframes. The IG made 10 recommendations, including improving information sharing across the agency and establishing roles and responsibilities to ensure oversight of the employee separation and termination processes. The Biden administration's cyber official says agencies are building back better after the solar winds breach. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has details. The solar winds compromise will take the Biden administration months to fully investigate. 
But so far, Ann Neuberger, the administration's deputy national security advisor for cyber and emerging technology, says it compromised networks for nine agencies and about 100 private sector companies. Neuberger says the cyber incident highlighted the investments the administration needs to make to increase network visibility and mitigate future cyber incidents. If you can't see a network, you can't defend a network. And federal networks, cybersecurity, need investment and more of an integrated approach to detect and block such threats. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. The Defense Health Agency is assuring members of the military and others that taking the coronavirus vaccine while pregnant is safe for women and babies. As of January 21st, more than 15,000 pregnant patients have received a vaccine. No safety concerns have been reported. DHA says contracting COVID while pregnant is a much higher risk for mothers and babies. Pregnant people with coronavirus are three times more likely to be admitted to the ICU and need breathing support. The Defense Department says it will fully vaccinate its force by July or August, but there are some caveats to that estimation. Here's Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. Pentagon officials say about one-third of service members eligible to get the coronavirus vaccine have declined the shot. The Defense Department says it will have administered a million vaccines to service members, civilians, and families by the end of the week. Troops are not required to get the vaccine since it's under an emergency use authorization. In the past week, DOD inoculated 170,000 people. The department says it needs to do a better job of educating service members on the safety of the shot. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. The Pentagon's inspector general gives high marks to DOD's information technology response to COVID-19. The OIG spent months examining a sample of the more than $80 million DOD spent on new IT services after Congress passed the CARES Act. Auditors found the military services and defense agencies paid reasonable prices and stayed in line with DOD policies to keep cyber vulnerabilities in check. The Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee names new leaders to its subcommittees. Georgia Senator John Ossoff will chair the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations. Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson will serve as its ranking member. New Hampshire Senator Maggie Hassan will lead the Emerging Threats and Spending Oversight Subcommittee. And Kentucky Senator Rand Paul will serve as its ranking member. And Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema will lead the Government Operations and Border Management Subcommittee, with Oklahoma Senator James Lankford serving as its ranking member. The FDIC joins a growing number of agencies with a different kind of CIO. Federal News Network's Jason Miller reports. Sultan Megji is the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation's new CIO, Chief Innovation Officer, that is. The agency named Megji as the first ever FDIC executive to promote the adoption of innovative technologies across the financial services sector. He comes to the FDIC from the private sector where he was CEO and co-founder of Neocova, a financial technology firm. As Chief Innovation Officer, Megji will work with public and private sector partners to help ensure the financial systems of the future are innovative and resilient. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. And stay up to date on your agency's response to the coronavirus with our coronavirus resource page. I'm Eric White. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.